From the sheltered home studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and today we're going to be talking about The Last Run with some very special people. We've got Heidi Yetlinger, Brenna Kelleher, Matt Boyd, and Chris Rogers joining us. Thank you all very much for taking the time to chat. And what we're going to be talking about today is that last run. Uh, I know people are still going out, skinning up, uh, going backcountry uh, in areas that may be open, but that last run of the season at our resort is, is usually really special. I still remember back in 1988, 25 years old, going to the top of the lift and looking around at Hoodoo Ski Bowl and seeing Mount Washington, Three-Fingered Jack, the Three Sisters, just beautiful, and telling myself, you need to remember this moment, and I've never forgotten it. Um, but I wanted to hear some last run stories from you all. Um, again, thank you all taking for taking the time to join us today. Glad to be here, bud. Thanks, George. Thank you, George. Heidi, um, let's start with you. Um, you've got a great season going, and all of a sudden it's over. Tell us, what was that last run for you this year? Uh, George, my last run was at Sierra Tahoe with a group of level one candidates, and we had windy blizzard-like conditions. The entire mountain was nearly shut down except for one green run at the bottom, which actually ended up shutting early in the day. And we were playing around with some kids' props and having a little uh, fun with some creative exercises, again, on the uh, easy run, easy rider chair. But it was, uh, I guess for me, if I had to have a last run of the season, it was actually pretty fantastic to spend it with an amazing group of new members. Did you have any idea that that was going to be it, or did you come down and you know find out later that, oh, we're all closed? Actually, it was it was all pretty surreal. You know, right the day before, there had been some notifications going out about some of the resorts temporarily closing while they were all evaluating the corona situation. Uh, we had no idea that the following day we wouldn't be able to actually uh, complete a full day on snow or even show up on snow. And so uh, for us, it was just having a bit of an earlier day or an earlier stopping point because they ended up closing the lips early. Matt, how about you? I was, uh, I had a level three exam. I was at Cannon Mountain and, you know, in the East, we changed our, uh, changed our exam process so that there's two examiners out with the, the candidates at one time, which is great because I got to spend that day with uh, one of my best buddies out there, Troy Walsh. And uh, yeah, who'd have, who'd have thunk it that, you know, at the end of that day would have been the, the last listserv day I had. Crazy. Now, wait, you're with the level three exam. Were you able to complete the exam? We were able to complete the exam. Um, yeah, it, the, the shutdown actually was a couple days later. Um, so we were able to complete the exam, and, and that went off without a hitch. But um, it was amazing to me how, how quickly I went from having one of the busiest spring schedules I've ever had to having a little bit of extra time on my hands. Brenna, what happened with you? Well, um, I was actually in Switzerland, and I had just finished up some work there and was in Verbier. Um, I had set up some time to shadow some Bayesian clinics, uh, some certification clinics, and we uh, everything happened in Europe a little bit quicker than it did over here. 
but it happened so fast that um, I had sort of seen the writing on the wall and the clinics were canceled and I went out skiing the last day on my own actually because I was like, well, I think this might be my last day. And I just went from restaurant to restaurant and had a glass of wine and Swiss cheese. How's that sound? That actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> did, did I was you like, have... well, if this is closing, I'm going to get home and have to quarantine. And uh, I think that this, this is the writing on the wall. This is the reality. I'm not sure that I'll be skiing again this year at the resort. How about you, Chris? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was teaching at, at home in, in Vail and, and had actually was just a, a new private lesson, new guest that day. And we'd made plans to roll the next couple of days, but we got done a little bit earlier that day and, uh, and actually went up and, and rode a couple laps in the park and, and, um, worked my way down to the bottom. And when we, when I left the locker room, had no idea that we wouldn't be going back up the next day. Um, so yeah, left everything in the locker, went home thinking I was going back to meet this guest again the next day. And, and then we got the news that night that we were shutting down. So kind of a very anticlimactic end there. So, Heidi, how did you bring some closure to the season? Actually, so what happened was I didn't find out until around between 9 and 10 o'clock the night that we finished uh, the first day of that level one assessment that the resort that we were intending to go back to had, in fact, decided not to open the following day. So I uh, scurried around with my uh, group with some communication, and we met the following day at a cafe had a little talk through what their teaching progressions would have been for that day, presented them with their pins and their certificates, which they were absolutely overjoyed to receive. And, you know, anyone who walks themselves back to that moment that you got your level one certification and all of the prep that you put into it would appreciate that that's a very important part of it. So at that point, although we were conscientious of, you know, some of that social distancing coming into the picture, we were all sort of respectful of one another, but we met at a, a pretty open air. Uh, we were the only people actually in the cafe. It was sort of a, was a very sleepy day here in South Lake Tahoe, but that's how my group wrapped things up. I'm so glad you were able to get that completed and they were able to pass. Oh, they were delighted, and they had spent the previous week in a four-day level one prep, so it had been a long season of prepping for them and a long week of hanging out in Tahoe, waiting to go through all of the different stages, so they were all they were all pretty excited when they left. So, Matt, same thing, uh, closure for you. Again, you've got a busy season ahead of you, and all of a sudden it's gone. How did you deal with that? Um, well, you know, it's funny because this is always the craziest part of my year when the summer and the winter collide. Um, so in a way this made my life a little bit easier. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, particularly the last, um, last academy of a, of a team, I, it tends to be kind of an emotional time for me because, you know, undoubtedly the next team will not be exactly the same. No one was going to, we already had some folks that were stepping off. Um, so, you know, in a way it was nice cause we get a little bit of a reprieve on that as well. Um, but honestly, I, I don't know that, that I, I've put a full closure on the season. I'm still doing a lot of skinning, still getting out there and enjoying the sun. And, um, it's just, it's just different, not closed, but different. Brenna, that had to be a scary situation for you because again, like you said, you knew you were going to be coming into quarantine, but was there ever any concern on your part that, uh, you might not be able to get a flight home? 
huge concern. It was a bit of a scramble um, because there was, you know, a press announcement that went out about flights out of Europe that was um, not totally correct factually, and it created a lot of panic abroad, and it really overwhelmed the airlines. So it was a little scary trying to get out, but luckily I had changed my flight um, ahead of time, and the uh, airports were uh, pretty chaotic, um, and it was, you know, like thinking about closure for a season and dealing with that chaos, I in my head I was like, gosh, I just hope I can get home, and it was funny, I got home and everything was normal. They're like, oh, you're booked for your clients on the such and such date. And I was in my head going, um, I don't think that's going to happen after what I had witnessed in Europe and the chaos with it. So, uh, I think the hardest thing was not having any closure with the team. As Matt stated, it was, it was hard to not be able to come together again and, uh, say hi and kumbaya and all those good things, you know. Now, Chris, uh, you came down, you were expecting to have lessons the next day and it's over. How have you dealt with that? Yeah, that, you know, that first week, it, it felt to me like having, like fully having the rug pulled out from under you. That, that was uh, a week. Uh, I had a few days of teaching there. I had um, a, a client I was going to do some, some days at Steamboat Powder Cats with, and then, straight into the busiest of the Rocky Mountain exam season. We do a level two exam, followed by a level three exam, followed by the Rocky Mountain trainers exam, um, followed by uh, a, a few other like fun events, our, our sprinkling events and kind of our, our end of season Rocky Mountain. It's like the last big push for Rocky Mountain certification and events. We have a few others that trickle into April, but that that uh, that kind of end, of end of March, early April zone is is pretty full on for the Rocky mountain region. And then from there into national Academy and from national Academy into team selections again. And so that was like three weeks. I felt like all season I was kind of storing up energy and getting ready for this three week push at the, at the end of the season. And you know, you're, especially when it comes to selections, you're like gearing up all season to go in and, you know, there's a bit of anxiety and, and a bit of, uh, of just ready to, to get it, to, to get in there and, and go through selections again and then just have all of that full stop. There's nothing we don't know. You know, initially we didn't know Avail had announced that we were going to be closed for just a week and then reevaluate. So that first week, you really don't know if you're going back to work or if things are done for the season or, you know, we, we just didn't know so much about what was going to happen. And so, um, yeah, I, I would say I, I probably had a little bit of depression and just, you know, that, that initial, and maybe depression is not the right word, but going from super high energy to like nothing, absolutely nothing happening was uh was tough for me to manage honestly um and and as i worked through that and started to find some of the silver linings of what you know what matt was talking about some of the downtime there's stuff on my back burner projects that i've wanted to work on that i haven't had time to and for the last couple of weeks it's honestly been probably some of my most productive uh time in the last couple of years just in the the time to build out projects and think them through and you know it's not necessarily firing emails back right away because you've only got 15 minutes to answer emails, but like actually having the time to think through some of the, the projects and, and lay stuff out. And, you know, overall, I think it's going to end up being a really net positive for the organization, especially with the webinars and the digital learning that's happening right now. But, 
and that first week was like from being ready to hit the gas pedal to slam on the brakes full full on uh, Chris brings up a great point with the digital learning. I'd love for each of you just to give a few words of encouragement to our membership about um, really staying with this and and uh, not being down and disappointed. Heidi, any any words of encouragement from you? Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start, George. The uh, the availability of both presentations, some of the e-learning courses. Uh, some of the existing uh, webinars that are just firing out the pipeline are off the chart. Actually, a, a huge high five to Chris for one of the recent webinars that he did on the learning connection model. I was just having an opportunity last night to start to look through that. But uh, just to piggyback on what Chris said, the opportunity to sort of hit the brakes, um, relook at the plan, have a little bit more time to respond to some of those committee and task force work, uh, but also to have a chance myself to dig into a lot of what's available on that e-learning platform. And even within the presentations that are listed throughout the, ma the matrix, there is um, you could go for several weeks of pawing through that material and not look at the same thing twice. Matt? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I think there's a, there's a, a few different things. I mean, one from a from a learning perspective, um, I'm working currently on a, a video series about building progressions and building learning environments and and trying to make that simple. And the cool part about that is because I can't do it on snow. Um, I've been doing it with my daughter, who's a softball player. So um, try to, it's been cool to get her to see the things that I do, and it's been a lot of fun hanging out with her. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's some definite silver linings here. I mean, one thing that I think every single person on this call and everybody that's listening uh, has noticed is you see a lot more people uh, exercising right now. Um, I saw a lady ride past my house, and she waved at me like she was my best friend, and I realized it was a neighbor that I hadn't seen in probably three years, and she was riding her bike. Um, I, I think it's, this, this is going to leave people in, in, in better physical condition, um, get more in tune with themselves, get more in tune with their, their body and their movements. And, and in the end, I think we're going to be better off for all of this. Brenna? Yeah, I mean, I would second Heidi and what Heidi and Matt have said. It's, it's interesting to see um, all the digital platform and the learning that has started to already unfold between divisions and it, it's fascinating because there's just so much content out there. Um, one of the other things I think is really cool um, is seeing the uptick in social media, which, you know, normally is one of those things that you're like, oh man, I got to do social media. But now it's more because we're all in our own space and away from our friends and our family and our teammates it's nice to be able to see the community and what people are doing and use those outlets to encourage each other and keep encouraging growth and exercise and discovery like matt said getting in tune with your own body and what's going on when things slow down oftentimes that's what ends up happening um so i guess one thing i would encourage and I keep encouraging, especially with the membership, is share your memories. Talk to people over social media. Don't be scared to be like, 
hey, look, look at, look at what I'm doing now. Um, today I'm baking or I'm riding my spin bike or I'm going for my dog walk because I think the most important thing to come from this is going to be that sense of community. And within this organization, community is a really, really big deal. Um, and feeling connected. So um, uh, what I would say to the membership and teammates is like, get out there and share with each other. Chris? Keep in contact. I, I love what, what Brenna just said. I, I think um, I'm, I'm actually reading a book. I've been reading a ton during those last couple of weeks and, and catching up on the reading list of stuff people have recommended over the, over the years that I just haven't had time. And um, I'm reading a book called Social Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, and it's a follow-up to – he was one of the, the early authors to write about emotional intelligence, actually. And, you know, as we look at the people skills side of, of, the, of the learning connection model, these are amazing resources to, to dig into about how the human mind, brain, emotions work. And this book specifically talks about how social media has often been uh, – or, or is, it has sometimes a negative connotation when it comes to actual social – relationships and connection that the more that we've been engaged on our phones and in social media the less we create authentic social connections and i think what's fascinating about this time period is it's going completely counter to that and and it's now our only way to nurture social relationships and how how important that is and, and basically the point of this book is that the human human brain is wired for social connection and it's pretty amazing that we have this tool. You know, you read all these articles about the Spanish influenza and so many of these tools didn't exist then. you were truly quarantined on your own and how, how much of a struggle that was. Um, I, I think in terms of an opportunity to get involved with digital learning and e-learning, this is um, uh, another book, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, talks about these kind of cataclysmic moments in history that have created a, a new marketplace or a new business suddenly is able to take off or a, a new industry takes off because of some kind of event. And we've been talking about e-learning and digital learning for, for years now. It's It's been something um, a lot many of us have presented on or been involved in creating the e-learnings we have over the last four years on the team. And all of a sudden we have this event that says, this is now the only way to do it. This is the most, you know, all of the all of the schools are transitioning to e-learnings. All of the colleges, all of the way people are meeting, you know, from from Zoom happy hours, people are just getting together to have a social time and drink, to um, presentations that are happening. Where, especially within our organization, there's a handful of of very grassroots kind of member-driven events where people are getting together to share little tech talks, and those are happening in several of our divisions, to our formal e-learnings. Um, it's just something that's going to, you know, as soon as we've got snow and we're able to go back to, to be presenting on snow, of course we're going to go back to presenting on snow. But this is illustrated, you know, I think for, for membership that's maybe been injured or unable to get on snow, all of a sudden, because of this event, we're meeting a membership need that we weren't meeting as well before. And hopefully we find ways to continue to engage this group and create these offerings long-term, maybe not 10 zoom meetings a week, like we've all been on the last couple of weeks, but you know, a couple times a month having these check check-ins, I was just on last night, a, a web town hall with Western division. And I was so impressed with the way they, they got 60, 65 of their 
membership on a call and it was just a it was just like a check-in with some of the committee members and you know these these outreach opportunities that we've had the tools but maybe not the demand to put them on the way we have so i I think it's a really exciting time for the evolution of education even as we're in this time period of a lot of uncertainty a lot of change and a lot of uh, a lot of new things we're figuring out thank you all so much heidi brenna matt chris i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us Thank you, Thanks, George. George. Thanks, George. Happy to be here, bud. From the Sheltered Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas for First Chair.